Hi guys, it's Nathan here from Headbangers. Today we've got Ali from Coffin Mulch on the pod. We've been doing really good with these death metal interviews recently. You know, we've had Slash Dew Sanctuary Frozen, so so we're keeping that trend rolling again. Um, in this interview, we talk a lot about the Glasgow like death metal scene. You know, the UK scene as a whole when it's sort of started rising. Um, weirdly, a lot on a, a tangent on the actual album art as well. Um, so yeah, it was a really fun one. Ali's a great guy. His band's amazing as well. Um, if you haven't heard of Coffee Mulch, check him out because they're unbelievable. Um, if you like the podcast and you do want to support us, it's Headbangers Podcast on all social media po- platforms except for Twitter where it's Headbangers Pod 1. Um, we do also have a Patreon. Um, so yeah, if you want to support us in another, in like another way as well, then that's fine as well. If you don't and you want to keep watching for free, again, that's, that's fine as well. Um, but yeah, without any further ado, here's the episode. Welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where your host Nathan and Brad here today. We're joined by Alberto from Coffee Mulch. How are you doing? To start off with, man. Um, I'm good, thank you. My real name's not Alberto, by the way. That's just what. Oh, is it not? Not <laughs> <laughs> an imposter. Um, it's like Among yeah. Us today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Al or Alistair, like. Oh, okay. okay I was gonna go with Al actually because I know you said that in the meshes, but I thought it was a shot for Robert or something. No, do you know what? Let's let's perpetuate this myth that I'm because it makes me sound like less Scottish, like more like mysterious and foreign in some way. Do you know? Yeah, it's, it's quite a bit exotic, <laughs> isn't it? It's like a exotic persona. Um, but yeah, anyway, we like to start off with a little icebreaker. Um, what's your funniest gig or tour story that you can recall? Funniest gig or tour story? Fuck knows. Oh, actually, yeah, man, I've got a belter. Um, so we were. Yeah, maybe this isn't funny. Maybe I'll get into trouble for it. Oh, that sounds <laughs> good. No, keep going, keep going. It doesn't mark. Um, what do you call that band? It's um, it's not Blood Incantation, but it's the other one that they do. Spectral something. Spectral wound. Spectral wound. Is it? Spectral voice. Spectral, Spectral void. void? Spectral Voice, I think. Is it Spectral Wound? That is a band. I don't know. Anyway, them. It was basically the it was basically Blood Incantation under a different name, and we were playing with them. And they were like just like they were kind of being quite kind of pole-based, like they kind of came in and like they weren't really speaking to anybody. And like they went went to like the backstage area and they were totally like just not for like you know, like you play a gig and you're like Hey, how are you doing? Like, um, I'm yeah. Alberto. I'm playing in the band tonight. Where do you come from? How's your tour been? They just they weren't up for doing that at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like there was, we were in this venue, and there was a rickety chair in the venue at the back, and I had went to sit on it before, and it was, it, it was, yeah, it looked like it was going to give way any moment. And I saw like one of the dudes from this band going up to the rickety chair, and I, I was just kind of like, man, I should tell him that, that chair's quite rickety. And then I kind of thought, nah, man, they haven't spoken to us. Like, they've not, they've not said a word all night. Like, they, they went away, they went to the pound shop to buy some candles to, like, have some, like, um, fucking ambience for a performance and that. They were just kind of being dicks. So I let him sit in the chair and he fucking decked it. He told cunted it on the floor, fell right down, the chair collapsed under his weight. And I told did, like, the Nelson Muntz, like, ah! And he just, like, <laughs> You know, if you like fall off a rickety chair, like you just kind of like, man, you make a joke of it, you know, like you kind of laugh about it. He didn't, he, and he'll really look like he'd hurt himself. He definitely like, bruised his cocktix, you know, and, and I just laughed at him. And they didn't speak to me for the rest of the night. Fucking hell, man. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I would have thought like most bands are just kind of like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, I'm surprised to hear that. Are they just kind of those one of those bands that just take things like way too seriously? You know what I mean? Like, even like off stage. Yeah, I mean, like, there's quite a lot of bands like that. To be honest with you, I don't want to name names because I'll just get myself into trouble. But yeah, there's loads of bands like that. Like, I don't know. I take nothing seriously. I think that's maybe the problem. Like. That's a good yeah. thing to me. I also find yeah. it funny that like a band taking themselves super seriously, but then going to Poundwell to buy some candles for set. Where exactly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we want there to be at- atmosphere, but now nah, but we can't. It can't be like premium Yankees. It's got to be. The, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be the shit ones from Pound Shop. Yeah, like, totally. Like I bet, I bet you mayhem, mayhem have probably got their own candles. Do you know what I mean? Like they got from like some kind of like old like seventeenth century church or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Made by like an old woman just sat in the back, like going, it's made out of like goat's blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't go to a fucking pound shop. <laughs> yeah, they're like, where's the fucking nearest pound land? I need some fucking candles, man. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to ask you as well is like, um, mainly about the new album. It's fucking sick, by the way. You, you yeah, totally. smashed it. Um, Thank you. But I, I did notice there was like, it felt a lot more like raw in terms of sound. Um and well <laughs> specifically with the guitar tone was it something that you like intentionally before even going to the studio like I kind of want to do this or is it something that while she, while she was in the studio and working on it more you're like ah oh, okay what if we like really went into this sort of area um no that I think it was kind of pre preconceived that would probably be something the guitar sound particularly would definitely be like for. Dave, our, our now ex-guitarist, um, he's not in the band anymore. Um, he, like, he spent ages. I remember when we rec- both times we recorded the two albums. Um, he did spend a long time, like maybe the night before in the studio, just like messing around with the amps and stuff like that, and getting the right sounds. He was quite meticulous over that. So I guess that's probably the answer to that one. I don't know if it does sound raw than the other one. To be honest with you, maybe it does. It's one of the ones when like you've like. Yeah, maybe too. Cl- I'm, I'm maybe too close to it because I've heard it loads of times and was there and it was getting mixed and stuff like that. So I kind of, I kind almost can't comment on it anymore. You know, like, mm. like you're a better judge of that than I am because you're like listening to it through like fucking different ears. You know. Yeah, oh, I find yeah, it like- super interesting. To be fair, because like. Obviously, back in the day, like, you know, 90s death metal album was probably sounding the way it was because that's when it was produced and that's the equipment that they were using. But, like, when I heard, like, you know, bands like yourself that managed to capture that sound so well, I'm like, I just, it amazes me how it's done. Like, it must take, like, a lot more effort even than back then than they used to to be able to make that sound sound so raw. I mean, I think what Dave did, to be honest, was he literally just read what Entombed did oh wow really <laughs> i think man i'm totally not a guitarist so i don't really know about this kind of thing but i think it's like it's going through an hm2 and another pedal and hm2 is just fucking max that's how you get that kind of buzzsaw sound and he was playing it through i think the same amps that they used as well i could be totally wrong there right so don't i said don't quote me on this isn't getting fucking recorded so whatever <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's I the thing. I, I actually wanted to ask good. about the HM2s because I felt like he'd used that. Like, because it just felt HM2. You got a HM2 on your neck. Yeah, I got a HM2. It's, I'm the vocalist. I don't even play guitar. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Like, I don't. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't even know what an HM2 was. Like, I'm hearing everybody talk about, oh, HM2 death metal and all that. Like, 
I mean, like, I've loved Entombed and all the, the bands who recorded at, like, Sunlight Studio and stuff like that forever. Um, for, like, fucking 25 years or whatever since I was a wee guy. And and I was aware that that sound was a thing, but I didn't know what an HM2 pedal was. And now everyone's talking about HM2 this and that, and I'm like, fucking hell. Like a shiny Pokemon card, isn't it? That everyone, everyone used to yeah, have got this. Yeah. And I'm, we're very conscious of, like, that being a thing, because, like, it's not necessarily been a criticism, but like a lot of people have said, oh, this is like HM2 core or whatever. And we're quite conscious of not getting pigeonholed into that. So like our new guitarist, Derek, he doesn't use an HM2 pedal. A lot of people think, he, like on tour, loads of people are like, oh, I love that HM2 sound you've got. And he's like, yeah, don't play it, man. That's, you're, you're hearing things. <laughs> um, so like from now on, we're not going to be recording with HM2, so our sound will probably be quite different come the next album. I think there's always so much you can do with it, you know, like if we were to record another album it just sounded like this one, it would be boring. Right. I think. Yeah, like, I think the, the HM2 has like, like I, I'm obsessed with it as a pedal just because of like, oh, it's done for like death metal. And mm-hmm. like, but for me, I understand where you're coming from with that because it is really limited unless you pair it with other mad pedals and like swap it out often. Um, because it's just like other, otherwise, if you just got one HM2 and a tube screamer, it's just not the range. It's not going to give you a range that if you want to add anything new, it's not going to sound amazing for it. Yeah, you're totally right. It, it's, it can be quite one dimensional. Um, we've definitely found that live since it's, it's weird since Derek joined the band and we've been playing with him. I was a wee bit worried because he was quite different to our previous guitarist and he wasn't doing the HM2 pedal. Sorry, that it would it would be too different and people would be like, oh, this is I'm not liking this as much. But it's it's been the opposite. Like there's a lot more dynamics going on, I think. Um it sounds a lot heavier as well, live particularly, I would say. Um so yeah, that's kind of made us feel like I think quite confident about recording in the future and, and not going down that road and kind of changing it up a bit. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted yeah. to ask as well. Um so I read that you guys are like have all kind of got different musical backgrounds in a way. Like, you know, when you form the band, like, you know, from Doom to Sludge. Um, how did you think that the whole band like formed together to make the sound? Like, was it like a mutual agreement? Or do you think like when you put all your taste together, a cop in mulch is what you got? You um, know, like the early days. The the second one. Um, I mean, we started out the band, it was me, um, Dave. The, the guitarist that left a wee while ago and a guy called Mark who was only like very briefly um, and we were just kind of like and then Rich our bass player joined very soon after that um, and it was just the intention was just to do a death metal band because I'd always wanted to do a death metal band I mean I'm, I'm 40 in a couple of weeks time like and I had never done a death metal band it's something I'd always wanted to do because it was like one of my, my favourite genres and at the time, there was nothing going on. It's not like it is now. I mean, like, it's weird. This kind of, like, um, death metal resurgence, it, I mean, it really has only happened in the past five years, I would say. Definitely. It, oh, yeah. it, and, and it coincided with us starting as a band. Um, not that I think we'd get anything to do with that, but just through coincidence. Um, and it really was just, like, we looked at, like, Scotland and even the UK in general, and we're like, there's not really many death metal bands going. Like, um, I think Tom, who did the, you did an interview with a few weeks ago, he kind of mentioned that. He was like, there was like Grave Miasma and Cruciamentum, but there wasn't an awful lot going on in the UK really at all. Um, and we just kind of wanted to do 
something like that. We just were like, well, we like entombed autopsy, stuff like that. Let's try and, and do some along those lines. But all three of us, well, in fact, all four of us, sorry, Rich joined as well, were like, we all come from a kind of punk background. So it was always going to sound kind of punky. And then when Fraser joined on drums, like, he's into all sorts, but he's, he's quite a bit younger than us as well. Um, he's been in like kind of grind bands and punk bands ever since he's been a wee guy. Um, and he doesn't play drums like a death metal drummer at all. Um, in fact, he definitely doesn't. Um, and I think that really adds to it loads. So yeah, I think there's, like, there's definitely a huge punk influence on us and like, even just in terms of attitude as well, like um, I've been running a label since 20 years now. Um, and that's like a big, like the kind of DIY punk aspect of it, like doing it yourself and stuff. That's like really, really important, particularly to me, I think. But I mean, the whole band, um, I think that's been a big deal with us um, and remains so. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. like I like that punk attitude. Uh, I think when it comes to death metal as well, and I think when we spoke to Tom as well, like he mentioned, he do he did like one of the albums DIY, and like you know he felt like a lot better from like how the album sounded because you know they had full creative control. So I think you can you could definitely sense the like like you said about the drumming as well. Like it's you know there's not the strip blast beats all the way through, which is what you'd expect from like I guess standard death metal. Like you know there's a lot of different pattern changes in there and a lot of different like abstract styles of fills and shit. So yeah, no, all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I. It was mad that you mentioned like the recent like insurgence of like death metal as well because like that I, I had a question on it because for me I estimated it about five years back as well because I it's like I woke up one day and all this death metal just started getting bombarded and as well a lot of it from the UK like I, I'd been I used to sit there and think oh, I wish we had, like. We had more death metal bands, like you know, because like, we went from having like Bolt Throw come here, like from like from here Carcass, you know, like Cancer. We had like massive bands in the in like the fucking scene that just came out, and then it just kind of like fell off specifically for the UK, and now it's it's come back even stronger. Absolutely, yeah. Um, one thing as well, I was I wanted to ask you as well is on that Metal Hammer um, article. Obviously, I've seen that you've you've shared it and you've added it to your your link tree and everything like. What is it about Glasgow? Do you feel like sort of lends itself to death metal into becoming that sort of like death metal hub that it is now? Um, I don't know. Everyone's angry and violent, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good explanation, to be fair. Um, do you know what? It probably is a wee bit of that, but um, I don't know. I think we've got a good scene up here. Um. It's kind of strange because, like the 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 Metal Hammer um, article, like it kind of it kind of talked about like Glasgow death metal, but like actually very few of us are from Glasgow. Mm. I think in the four bands that were covered in that, only Fraser and Derek actually live in Glasgow. Um, <laughs> everybody in the bands, because um, no one can fucking afford to live there. It's expensive. <laughs> but the, the, the scene is kind of focused on Glasgow that's where all the gigs are and stuff like that um, so it would be kind of silly not to call it like a Glasgow thing but there is there's bands in Edinburgh as well like don't get me wrong I mean like Age of, Age, Age of Summoning are kind of kind of vaguely Edinburgh based they just released an album last week and it's, it's brilliant um, but yeah I don't know like, there's just a good scene here like all the bands are kind of 
kind of quite friendly with each other. There's not really any rivalries like you get in a lot of scenes. Um, everyone's pals and all the crowd are like, <clears throat> like everyone in the crowd's friends as well. Um, and it's not like, it's definitely not a kind of poor face thing. Like everybody like always has a good laugh. Like there's always like folk fucking stage diving and going mental and like, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really good. And a, a lot of us have started like, um, putting on our own gigs and stuff as well. Um, Glasgow for a long time was kind of controlled by a, a few like dickhead promoters who would like not pay the bands very much. The same old bands would always be in, in support acts and stuff like that. And um, in the past couple of years, a few of us have like kind of just started putting on our own gigs and they've been really successful and bands have been getting paid better and treated better. Um, and it's just been like really good fun. Like it's a really it's a really positive thing, I think. Um and I see scenes like that elsewhere in the UK a bit, but I think Glasgow's I do think Glasgow's a little bit different. I think Glasgow's like I think we're more together and more fun. I would say. Come up for a gig sometime and you'll see. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, to be fair, fair, I've always wanted to go back to Scotland. Like because I used to go there all the all the time as like a kid, you know, like on family holidays and stuff. I've right. always fucking loved it there. So I've always wanted to go up to, to Glasgow or Edinburgh right, and just, you know, have a moochie bounce and see what, what's what's going on, really. Um, Wait, I was like, tell you what, look, there's an all day in January. Uh, Quando from Brain Bath is putting on an all day in, in January with like loads of bands. Maladiction, who were a death metal band in like the early 90s, recently got back together. They're like doing their first gig back together. Um, like that it's a tenor entry I'm sure a couple of freebies could be arranged if you oh that sounds amazing mate yeah mate Hell send yeah. us the send us the details I'll get trained but I because I've like I said I've wanted to go to like Scotland for a while yeah I went like, to Edinburgh in like April but yeah I'd love to, to like try some other places like you know Glasgow and you know even like go to like Inverness and shit like that I've I, I, mm. felt, I felt love when I was there I was like this is great and I only had three days there so absolutely yeah Come on, couple of death metal. Definitely, man. Yeah. Definitely. Have some death metal. I completely missed your gig in, in Bradford. Because I think I was like out I was out of Leeds when it was happening. I was like, oh shit, I oh, can't man. go. Because like my mate messaged me and said, Oh, you want to go see coffee mulch? I was like, I've literally like checked already and I can't go. I was like really upset. And then he sent he sent me a video. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was very I was genuinely gutted. That was a great gig. And man, do you know what? Just like an hour ago. I got a message from a boy asking us to play Bradford again with pest control. Oh, wow. Oh, mate, that'd be good. And it's on October the 13th, but we can't do it. Um, it's like a Friday night, and um, it's really difficult to get like off of work and then down. It's like a three-hour drive. Like We wouldn't make it in time to like play, which is a gutter, because like, the one in 12 is like, the coolest venue ever. Eh? I'd love to play oh, there. Yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. we'll be played leads of loads. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, well, like one in twelve. I've got so many stories, like because like when I first got into hardcore and like and stuff like mm. that, that was like the venue where like all my mates used to play. So I used yeah. to always be there, like and it. I once saw like a bunch of chavs start a fight and like a table get thrown over. Like Stevie G, he's one of he's he's a good mate. Like he's been like one of the guys that I've really like known since I got into hardcore. I've never seen him ever like like violent. Won't want to cross him. Soon as those chaps started kicking things off, I was there like, right, get out of Stevie's way. Because <laughs> he was on a fucking warpath. 
but yeah, no, it, it was it was fucking mental. Like, there's so many like stories from that place, and like it is like one of the best venues in in the UK, like a proper slept on venue, in my opinion. Oh, it's brilliant, and like it's like it's like owned by like like it's community owned. You know what I mean? Everyone's got to say like. You go in there and like you get your dinner. Like there's always somebody who's got a curry on the go. You know what I mean? You can just go upstairs and have your dinner. Um, they've got like an anarchist library up the stairs. It's just full of like total cool books and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like when I was a, yeah, when I was a wee guy, like the one in twelve was like, man, it still remains like what all venues should be like as far as I'm concerned. It's fucking ace. Like, yeah, and that's the first time I've ever played it. Was just on tour there. Oh, really? Little, no, yeah. yeah, that was a little bucket list moment to tick off for me getting to play the one in 12. It's cool. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great venue. Um, One thing as well that I wanted to like, ask you about the album is I know that you worked with Brad Moore. What was it like? Because yeah. like, obviously he's he's made art from some right heavy hitters like, in modern death metal. What was it like working for, like, with him like as an artist? Um, he's really cool. Like... Um, like I've become quite good friends with him actually through doing it. Like, yeah, just kind of chat to him loads. Um, like we've got a lot of like similar favorite artists in common. He's real into like um, surrealism and stuff like that. Um, and he was really easy to work with. Like it, it took a long time. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's really in demand. So he was like doing a couple other things um, before he got round towers, which which did delay the album quite a lot. Um, but it was totally worth it because I think the artwork's like amazing. I think really that's the nice. thing. Yeah, like I've always like subscribed to the idea like, man, your album can be shite, but if the artwork's good, like you still sell some copies. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that, mate, I have bought some shit as just based off the just based off the art. Being like, yeah, this looks sick. Bangs it on yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, I want one more. <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> He's got yeah, such no, a like, unique style, though, for sure. Like, his style is, is unmatched in death metal at the moment. Just, like, proper against the grain as well of, like, what everything else is right now. Yeah, um, he's, like... I actually didn't know him through death metal album covers, really. Um, I only found out later on that he did the cover for the for the Morpheus Descends album. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was, like, 1992. And then he didn't do any album covers for ages. I think he did comics and stuff like that. He did like a couple of meat shits, seven inches. Um man, they're probably not allowed to be mentioned anymore. I'm pretty sure they've been they've been cancelled at some point. Um pretty out of order. But he did a couple of seven inches for them. Um and then he did like a bunch of like like doom metal albums. That's how I knew him because like I I, I had them in, in distro, like an Argus album and stuff like that. Uh, and then I saw a couple of years ago he started doing like Gatekeeper and Tomb Mode and, and the Worm album like I love that cover um, yeah that's so it's amazing oh yeah like what I love about his art is that you can zoom in like so much and pick up new details from it that you you wouldn't have realised were there like mm. it's just it's like a really good exercise just to like bring up his, his any album that he's done just like what's hiding and it's like oh, I didn't fucking realize there was like an alien or some shit in the Gate Creeper. I didn't realize or like this in the. Do you know I mean like there's just so much to it, and it's that yeah. compact where you're there. Like feels like you can zoom in, take a snippet, and it could be an a different piece of album art entirely, just on yeah. that one little snippet of the same piece of art. And he doesn't even he doesn't even like paint it really big, like yeah. the actual painting for our album isn't that much bigger than an LP, but he like. 
he like has like a magnifying glass and tiny wee brushes and that's how he paints it insane to me honestly like because i've never been good at drawing or painting or anything so just to think like just those microscopic details and having to do them that small it just blows my mind honestly yeah it's crazy it's really good though oh yeah he's like what like some of my favorite albums he's done the art for and a lot of them i listened just based off of how they looked it's how i got into gatekeeper saw the album on evil evil grade for deserted i was like that art looks sick let me just check out the album i was like this is a fucking banger. Bought the vinyl like immediately. Yeah. And since then, I haven't stopped. Lis- I haven't been able to stop listening to Get Creeper. Just that that art sold me on them, and then like I've just been like found a band that I'm like giant fan of now. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, right, mate. Hon- honestly, he's an unbelievable artist. Yeah, he's really really good. Um, and he just like I, I don't know. I didn't give him much direction really. I kind of gave him a rough idea of what. Like I wanted it to be kind of based on like the, the song Spectral Intercession. And I was just like, I wanted it to be psychedelic and really abstract. I didn't want any figures in it. You know, I didn't want... I thought the Worm album was quite good for that. And that, there is a figure in it, but it's kind of not obvious there really is. It's kind of mm-hmm. strange. Like when I first saw that, I didn't realise there was like a monster down the bottom left-hand corner, eh? I didn't... It's kind of strange. It's kind of... Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, did, I wanted it to be abstract and I was like, man, I wanted a gatefold sleeve and I was like... I've, I said to him, have you seen Forest Equilibrium be cathedral? You know, like the idea of like the light side and the dark side. Mm. I kind of wanted it like that. And that's what he did. So we've got kind of like two two colour schemes almost. It's cool. No, it's oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. So like, um, I know that you're like a band that likes to go against the grain. Like, you know, obviously we've talked about the artwork, which is reminiscent of that as well. But also like, you know, the lyrical themes, you know, you're not part of like the, you know, the zombies, the gore's all been done and you want to take a like new themes. Was this always like, the plan as well, like you wanted to try something, you know, a little more against the grain that death metal would usually portray, or is this what uh, you're really interested in? It wasn't always the case. Like I think the kind of lyrics and the demo of, I mean, they're, they're bollocks to be honest with you, they're rubbish. Um, but there was that kind of way where it was like we're in a death metal band, let's write a couple of songs about like just zombies and death or whatever. Um, but kind of doing it a wee bit longer, like I was kind of like, yeah, man, I'm not. I'm not going to criticise anyone for it. Like, I mean, man, it's death metal. Like, there's, there's tropes of the genre. You know, if you want to write about death and zombies, like, fucking knock yourself out. That's cool. Like, some of my favourite bands do that. Um, the only thing I'm really kind of quite against is, like, the whole, like, I hate all of that, like, kind of violence against women stuff in death metal. It's more kind yeah. of great. But, you know, like... That and deathcore as well. Yeah, them two really take that a bit too far sometimes. Like, this whole thing is like the kind of... Look, man, I really like Cannibal Corpse, and I guess they're the kind of... They, they did that loads, but, like, this whole, like, eviscerates the whore and stuff like that, like, man, fuck off. Like, I didn't... I know, yeah. And to the extent that we don't even, like... I mean, we're not really even up for playing with bands that do that kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's just, like, it's just total virgin part of, like... Um, yeah, I totally hate that kind of stuff. Um... In terms of our lyrics, like, yeah, just fancy doing something a bit, a bit good, some kind of personal resonance, you know? Like, we've got, like, Into the Blood, which is kind of, like, kind of animal rights kind of anthem, I guess. Like, um, because I kind of thought that, like, man, folk talk about gore and death and stuff like that. Like, what's more, what's more pertinent in terms of gore and death than, like, the systematic... 
murder of animals so that we can eat them every single day in life, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes as well, when you get into like more real stories, it's more sort of hard hitting in a way because it's like, oh, this is actually happening. So it's more kind of, yeah, I guess hard hitting, yeah. It's quite interesting. Like a couple of times I've kind of introduced into the blood like, and kind of made a kind of, I don't know, a comment on the kind of themes of it. And like a couple of times, like you kind of get the crowd going, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> a couple of times it's just like fucking silent room just everyone with their arms folded just like are you daring to fucking call us out for not being vegetarian here (laughs) (laughs) to be fair fair, i do like like, when i write write, right look myself like i tend to like lean into more like stuff like that like shit that genuinely pisses me off or like about my own mental health i hate when people like write the same sort of like gore fest sort of stuff because i think if you're writing in a genre like death metal where it's already been so, done so much, I, for me, it, it blurs into one. And yeah. I, I get the same thing with like the violence against women thing. I think that's just like a thing that should have died in the 90s. I don't think there should be bands writing that stuff anymore. Because yeah. it's just, you you read it and you're like, that's just cringy, man. Like, who oh, hurt you, man? It's just incelly. Yeah, it, no, it's just incelly. It's like, why would you, definitely. Why would you write it? Like, I feel like to write it in lyrics, you have to believe it to cut some capacity for it to be in your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, so for me, it's always like, nah, that's not, that's not on. So yeah, it's, it's, I've never really agreed with it. But um, one thing as well, I, I've always seen from like clips, obviously I've not had the chance to see you guys live in person, but like you as a, like a vocalist, as a frontman, the energy you give off reminds me a lot of Barney from like Napalm Death. Like it gives me massive Barney energy. Like, do you feel like you've sort of like, Pulled that just from the punk side of things, or like, is it just been something like when you've been on stage, that's what's what felt natural to do? Yeah, don't do you know it's funny, right? So, I was well, actually, I had my friend over a couple of just the other night, actually, and he was like, oh, I was watching a, I was watching a, a video of you playing live on tour, and I was like, all right, I don't really like watching videos because I, I kind of see myself and I kind of think, man, I look fucking stupid, eh? Like that. <laughs> and, uh, like he showed me this video and yet and he was like, Man, this looks exactly like the um, man, you're totally pulling off moves like fucking Barney from that um, live video in nineteen ninety. There's like there's like there is a video, it's like I think it's when Barney first joined Napalm Death and he's got like dyed blonde hair. I can't remember what it's called live degradation. I had it on VHS when I was a kid, and he's totally keeps on kind of doing these like mad moves with legs and stuff like that and like kind of flailing about. It looks like a total tube. <laughs> And I used to laugh at that, and then I fucking watched myself, and I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it's not deliberate. I don't know where it's coming from. I, I can only like, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. It must be subconscious. I must have like watched that video, laughed at it, but then thought, man, he looks cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's just like subconsciously just going like, this is this is what you need to do. I'm just like, completely unaware, unaware, but. Honestly, I remember first like clip I saw you is playing live. I was like, it gave me that energy. Like it's not a bad thing because Barney live, unbelievable. Like, do you know what I mean like one of the best like like vocalists I've ever seen like perform? But uh, yeah, you, you gave me just massive Barney energy with it. She's like, I thought when you mentioned you were more from a punk background, it came more from that. I mean, maybe it does, but I mean, like Barney is like a total hero of mine, so I mean. But then, fucking, what's more punk than Napalm Death? Do you know what I mean? Oh, Napalm definitely. Death, 100%.
Oh yeah, living, breathing soul of punk. Do you know what I mean yeah. like the, you can't get any more punk than the Panda? Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, like you know, when a when a frontman like really gets into the music and like you know, it feels like they're just as much a part of the crowd as you are. You know, just like going crazy. So, but I've always liked that that kind of vibe when I when I watch a, a band live. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a like that's definitely a big thing. Like, I like to like fucking kind of do vocals like almost in the crowd a lot of the time like I, I used to do a band years ago um called Sapuku. it was like a kind of noise core band and we used to just like plonk the drum kit in the middle of the crowd and like i would just have a really big long mic and just fucking i, I remember our first ever gig i chased a man down the street who was coming back with shopping from morrison's <laughs> <laughs> like, when I was, like, ran to the street. i guess on youtube somewhere it's quite funny um but like I still like like doing that. I like to like fucking not aggro necessarily, but I think if you like kind of get in the crowd's faces a wee bit and like kind of get folk kind of joining in, like it's it's good fun. Like I think when the crowd kind of responds to that a wee bit, it, like we played with Carcass a couple of gigs and it was really good fun, but like it had like a big barrier up and stuff like that, and I felt that was such a big it was such a big obstruction between us and the crowd. Like I found it quite a frustrating experience that. And we were told, like, others to be, like, no crowd surfing whatsoever. Because oh, I'd be up jumping the barrier and fucking looping over, do you know what I mean? Like, But, like, they were like, man, big no-no, like, absolutely not. I kind of wish I'd just done it, actually, but everyone would have been upset with me. I was upset in everyone, so. <laughs> I feel like that's the difference between, like, big gigs and small gigs, though, isn't it? Like, do you, do you naturally gravitate towards, like, you know, playing a smaller venue than, like, a bigger venue? Because I think always the bigger venues that have, like, that big barrier in between, like, it's always a bit more, like, restrictive, isn't it, on what you can do and what you can't do? Yeah, the wee venues are great. I mean, we did loads of, like, really small venues on tour there, um, and they were class. Like, some of them were just absolute madness. We played, like, the, the basement of this wee pub, and, like... The rest of the band were getting annoyed at me because every time I kind of pushed in the crowd a bit, it would just result in madness and like the PA was getting knocked over and stuff. I can see why they were annoyed actually, like just be a bit more responsible. But it was really good fun. Like um, it was just totally sweaty and mad. And we had loads of gigs like that. That was just the whole crowd were just going wild the whole time and things were getting knocked over and folk were flying. And like, yeah, that's what it's all about to me, man. I used to, yeah, I used to go, like Black Flag and suicidal tendencies and minor threat and SSD and stuff like that playing when I was a kid because like I just I was so obsessed with hardcore I still am like I love hardcore more than anything else like but like old hardcore bands like you used to see like minor threat playing and it's just like everybody's on the stage and like it'd be crazy no one's getting beaten up or anything it's not violent it's just like everyone's having a good time and going mad like I really like that like I think that's something that Glasgow's got. Going back to the whole Glasgow thing, like we've definitely got that energy going on in the crowds and stuff like that. That kind of hardcore thing. There's not very many gigs you play. It's like total, everyone total. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and to be arms crossed, kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like on the point, like hardcore. I think like I think more people that are into metal need to like experience at least one hardcore show in their entire life because like. I feel like it's very misjudged by like like a lot of people. It's like, oh, it's just people like kicking the shit out of each other. It's it's not like I think when you get in there, before you go, you have like this preconception that's like, I just don't get it. I just don't get why they do it. I just don't get why they do it. And then you in then you're in the room and it's like an epiphany moment. You're like, I fucking get it now. Like this is like that the feeling you get in a hardcore show is like one of the best. 
by mm. feelings. It's just like because everyone wants to really be there. Do you mm-hmm. know that? Then that's why you see you see them mad as shit. Like that's that's why as well. Like it's just people like ah, I've been waiting to mosh for this to this band for months because I've just not had a chance to see him. They're here. I'm moshing my ass off. Like and it's just everyone has that feeling where it's just like this pent up feet like. It's, it's it's so hard to describe, but I I completely get what you mean with the like old hard hardcore movement and like even now like it's just nof- There's nothing better than a hardcore show, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean even even metal gigs back when I was like so I was like a teenager in like the kind of kind of late nineties, um, and we still talk about like going to gigs back then. Like even like we went to see like Sepultura like. But I remember Biohazard just I used to go and see Biohazard quite a few times. We've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them next week actually because they're playing Bloodstock. Can't wait. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got like the original lineup back together again with Bobby Hamble and that. Eh? Um, I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of listen to Biohazard now and think they're kind of stupid, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, I still like the tunes. They're still pretty good. Um, but like, when we used to see them, man, it was just madness. Like, it was just like fucking. Broken bones all over the shop, do you know what I mean? Like the entire crowd would be a mosh pit, like the whole crowd. It's not like just like the first five rows, the whole crowd in like the garage in Glasgow would just be fucking in a big circle, you know what I mean? Doing the, I remember going to see Sick of It All and they did the, the, the wall of death, you know, and like half the room splits up either side and then runs into each other. I mean, that's fucking stupid behavior, eh? But. <laughs> Why do you think it is? Like, you know, like hardcore and metal shows, how they used to be a bit more crazy. Why do you think it's like different now? Do you think it's just like the generation is just different and we just don't mosh as much? Or do you think it's just because of like more venues are more cautious of like restrictions now? I think both. Um, I seem to remember there was like a kind of like, there was like a kind of crowd surfing ban at one point. People weren't allowed to do that. Um, and I think a lot of the guys from like the kind of eighties and nineties are just old now. Do you know what I mean? Like when I go to a gig, me and me and my friends went to see Sepultura a few months ago, and we went to see them at the same venue. We saw them like I think twenty two years before, and that was like a huge gig for us. It was such good fun and all that. And it was mad. And then we we're like, you were kind of just standing in the periphery, man. After like three songs in the mosh pit, I had a sore back. Do you know what I mean? I was. <laughs> Like, oh man, I need to go now. I need to go over my seat. Oh, and then, then they played a rise, and I was like, oh, oh, oh fine. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, I'll, I'll be paying for this tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And I was. But like, man, I'm getting old now. Do you know what I mean? Like, man, kids need to kids, kids need to step up so that the old the old cunts like can can get like two songs in the mosh pit and then go and I don't know, fucking soak their bunions or whatever it is they do. I, <laughs> uh, I want to revert back to uh because we mentioned about lyrics and stuff. Um you know, what, what inspires you to, like, write lyrics? Like, you know, where do you draw from? Like, is it, like, real-life events? I mean, you talked about, like, you know, animal abuse and stuff, which is definitely, like, obviously a real thing. Um, but do you get inspired by books, movies, or is it just, like, purely real-life events, would you say? Um, I don't know. Like, there's a few songs on the album, like, the title tracks, like, kind of, like, I guess about kind of various existential crises I have, like, fucking where I see my place in the world or whatever. I mean, that sounds pretentious as fuck, really, doesn't it? Now I say it out loud. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a song in the album about, like, the fucking nature of war and how, like, people can't help themselves but just constantly be in conflict with each other and, and how, do we, how do we deal with that? Um, 
Yeah, I guess it kind of usually just comes from whatever I'm thinking of at that point, whatever's on my mind. I mean, I don't think I'm a particularly good lyricist, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, if I was a really good lyricist, I'd probably be writing poems or something like that. I wouldn't be in a death metal band. <laughs> I think death metal could be quite poetic, though, you know? I mean, I guess it's, it's the original it's themes. Be... It's interesting, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, like, in, in the hands of someone who's intelligent and a good lyricist, then it probably could be, but that's probably not me. <laughs> but it's too fair though like i don't think it's like when you said it probably sounds like pretentious when you say it out loud i i never i never think that does because i think when you're writing lyrics it's just like whatever makes it easier as a process you know mm. what what topics just get you the like pen to paper always yeah. lean into it like and at the end of the day so, someone might listen to it or read them and go oh shit i relate to that do you know what I mean it, it might help someone like with how they think about certain things as well? That's true. I mean, like, do you want to know what actually? Like, certainly the, the song Into the Blood we've got, like, I remember when I did that, I was kind of a wee bit not sure about it because our guitarist at the time, like, he was the only non vegetarian in the band. And, like, I, I was a wee bit worried that, like, maybe doing a song like that, because, like, it's my lyrics, right? So it's, it's, it's my thoughts, but. I recognise that it's a. If you then play that as a band, it kind of becomes a representation of the band, um, and I don't know. Like I mean, like I'm also straight edge. I don't drink. Like I would be pissed off. I think if I was in a band and we had a song about going out and getting drunk, because I'd be concerned that people would think that of me, and that's very much not what I'm all about. So I was a wee bit worried about that, and then I just thought, oh, man, no, do you know what? Like, man. The guitarist writes the guitar parts, the drummer does the drums, man, I write the lyrics, so, man, this is what I want to write about. But I think he was a wee bit annoyed about that. Anyway, well, he's not in the band anymore, so it's a fucking matter. <laughs> Every um, time he bites down on a bit of chicken, he's like, is anyone judging me? Is anyone a coffee? Who's wearing a coffee malt shirt? It's like, <laughs> just like paranoia running his head. Um, yeah, well, that might happen. Um, but, <laughs> like, the thing is, like, when we, when we did that song and we, we put that out as like a single and I think we put did we put the lyrics out for it I think we did I certainly explained it when we put it out like what it was all about and like we got so many people like getting in touch like going man like man it's really cool that you're writing a song like this and like like people saying they were quite inspired by it and stuff like that man I've never inspired anyone in my life do you know what I mean like that was fucking that's cool to that and I'm a, I'm a teacher I'm supposed to inspire people <laughs> um but, like, yeah, it was just, like, really, really cool. And, like, man, we play gigs now. And, like, there's, like, some people, like, like I've had loads of people actually, like, sing along to it and stuff like that and, like, know the lyrics. Like, I never thought in my entire life I'd write a song that people sang along to. Like, that's probably the best part about being in the band for me, actually. When that, when that started happening, I thought that was, like, the coolest fucking thing ever. Like, that's more, that, that means more to me than, like, getting the album out or selling loads of copies of it or whatever. It's like people like actually singing along to something that is like important to me. I think that's like fucking the absolute peak of peak of being in a band. Even if it's just like five kids at the gig or whatever like that, that's that's fucking cool that they've they've been like affected by it in some way, by something I've said, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. super awesome to be fair. I think as well it's interesting what you said about like, you know, 
So one, you know, one member of the band might have a different opinion to the rest, but then the song gets released. Like you don't normally think about that as like at least like a fan listening. Like you see when a band puts a song out, it's like a collective hive mind of this is our thoughts. But I guess it's mm-hmm. not always the case, really. Like when we spoke to Cattle Decapitation, like you know, they're the band that I always thought like they're going to be like very heavy vegans and stuff. Like they don't want, you know, that that they want to. Well, they all have the same idea ideology about that. But they said, "Oh, you know, some people in the band aren't. Some people are, well, you know." But we just this is what the lyrics oh, really? that we like to sing about. Yeah, which is something mm. I just didn't really think about. But yeah, I think it's awesome. I think like it's good to put that out there, and it's good that people like resonating with it as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with like with that. Like, like for like for me, I think like when I, I think if if you share something like vulnerable in a lyric. Like or like an opinion that you feel strong about. There's an like an open sense of vulnerability there, where you like you you you're putting your you know yourself out there for people to go. Okay, you know like this is what he genuinely thinks, and I think like people appreciate that shit because there's like they 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 feel like you they know you as a person more. Like mm-hmm. I've been like I I toyed with this idea of, like lyrics for ages of like because I, I I was writing it about my own like mental health. And there was just some shit that I was like going through like early in the month where it's like, you know, when you like just, I won't get too much into it, but I was sat there and I'm like, well, no, this, this like proper bogged down my life for like three fucking months and made me feel like utter shy. Right. But if I write it, it's cathartic, cathartic for me. And then when I finally can get it out, if someone reads it and was feeling the exact same fucking way, it might make him feel, ah, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's what's important when you, ultimately, when you write lyrics, it's, someone reads it, they resonate with it, and it makes them feel better about themselves. And and I think that's why people resonated with that song a lot more. Like that, yeah, you wrote. Online, yeah, yeah, and well done for doing that too. I think that's cool. Oh yeah, no, it's it was yeah. some of that. I was like, I was messaging Brad about it, like I was just venting, and like yeah. I played with, I, I was like wanted to write a song about it, but I was like, can I put myself out on that level? And I was like, nah fuck that I'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna write it and just put it like hopefully get it out there one day um but yeah like one thing i wanted to ask you as well specifically about vocals is like who was like the first person that you saw like looked up to in terms of vocals like like the like the first person you remember going i want to sound like that guy and that kind of got you started on your your vocal journey on like learning him and, and stuff like that um i mean this is going to be a weird one because it's not anything like I actually sound like, but um, Jello Biafra from Dead Kennedys. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, 100%. Like, because, I mean, he's like a total hero of mine anyway. Like, I absolutely love him. But, like, just the idea that, like, a guy with, like, a nerdy voice and a lisp can be in a band and sing like he's, like, fucking just taking a big like gulp of helium and he still sounds cool as fuck is insane to me and like he's still like my probably my favorite vocalist like absolutely love jello biafra and i first saw him on a sepultura video that's how i got into them he did um sepultura did police truck on like the what's the video called it's a video that came out when chaos a chaos ad came out and like they do this they do police truck where um I think it's police, it's police truck. Um, no, it's Holiday in Cambodia. The Holiday in Cambodia. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you have you ever seen the video. I've never I seen think... the video. I've I've listened to Holiday in Cambodia like a million times. Never watched the video for it. 
Well, no, the video is Sepultura playing live. Oh, I've oh, never, man. I've never seen that. Man, check out on YouTube. It's amazing. And at the end of the song, Jello Biafra just goes like this and fucking walks into the crowd, just disappears. The <laughs> crowd just fucking disappears. And I just remember watching that, thinking, man, who is that fucking guy? He's bizarre. And then like looks up the looks up the candies and um, anyway. So I suppose like, I mean, I don't sound anything like him, nor could I. Like, I, I'd love to. It wouldn't be very good in death metal. In terms of death metal, probably like LG Petrov, like. I mean, I pretty much copy him, eh? <laughs> like, that's pretty much, like, the vocal style is very, very LG Petrov. Like, uh, Max Cavalera was a big one as well. Total loved his, like, oh, Elder Gap. Um, um, and, and John Tardy as well from Obituary. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone really sounds like him at all. In fact, the only... I got that band... Um, got that record by um, Mulder. Do you know that? They sound so. familiar. I think I've because I I'll go on like death metal tangents and just like dive into it. For, so I think I've probably listened to them, but I haven't circled back around yet. Just came out. It just came out like recently. It was actually it was, I was on Instagram and I was like, "What's who's the best death metal band going right now?" I think a Revolver or something. I'd put that up Decibel or something. And a guy that I chat to on Instagram loads. He was like, "Oh, the new Molder album's absolutely amazing," and I bought it and it just came in the other day. And like the vocalist in them sounds quite like John Tardy. Like, not very many people sound like John Tardy. Yeah, he's a very unique vocalist, for sure. Yeah, I think he's totally amazing. I love how, like, on the first album as well, he doesn't, like, do lyrics. He just, like, makes noises. Oh, mate. That's it, cool. To be fair, he still kind of does that now. In the, There's certain yeah. bits where I'll, I'll Google, like, what the fuck did he say? I'm like, that does not sound like that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit there it's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Definitely. I want to ask, um, so obviously we've talked about your music. I want to know, like, what do you do outside of music? What are your hobbies and interests? Like, what, what's your, what are you doing in your downtime? Fuck. Um, got tons of stuff. Um, I've got any football. I've got a season ticket. And I don't support Rangers or Celtic. Before anyone, because that's the first thing anyone ever says to you when you're, like, you're from Scotland. Like, oh, do you support Rangers or Celtic? Like, fuck that, man. I support <laughs> I support Kilmarnock FC. But look, I've even got a fucking mug, look. <laughs> oh, you got the proof. <laughs> yeah, man, League Champions 1964-65 season. Um, yeah, so like, I go to football quite a lot. Um, quite into history and stuff like that. I really like, um, I'm really into horror films, but like, like old horror films. I used to run a website with my friends um, where we sold like horror DVDs. But it's all like, I really like like kind of Late sixties, early seventies horror. Like I don't like all that fucking new stuff with people getting tortured and shit like that, man. I'm totally yeah, boring. Yeah, I'm totally about like flares, boobs, fucking Satanism. Like, yeah, basically the kind of shit Electric Wizard are into, man. That's what like that's that's my that's my genre. Who's, who's like your go-to director then? Is it like Alfred Hitchcock or is it someone a bit more obscure or what? Nah, well, I like I like I like Alfred Hitchcock, but no, like um, like Jess Franco. You ever heard of Jess Franco? Um, I totally love Jess Franco. Um, John Rowland, stuff like that, like kind of European, European late sixties stuff. Like, I guess it gets called exploitation a lot of the time these days, eh? Um, but yeah, I totally love Jess Franco. Actually, like most of his films are shite. Like they're just totally like made on no budget and nonsense. But like that's what's amazing about them. 
Yeah, uh, much of further no budget. And I think like when you look back at some of the classics and some of the like the best horror films, it's always done with like minimal budget. Like you mm. know, now now you've got films that you know run around with like a five million budget and just has no plot, no development, no, no nothing good about it. And then you know that's what sells tickets, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I don't really talk about James Franco. Man, none of his films have plot or development whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a series of things happening to naked people usually, and getting <laughs> folk getting kind of brutally murdered. But like, yeah, it's quite cool. <laughs> oh yeah, I tell you what, I I went through a weird phase phase during lockdown where I watched like really fucked up films, and I I know you you don't you mentioned you don't like go like gore stuff. What's that French when you watch Nerf and that you told me to watch? I was I was just about to bring it up because I, I actually recommended it to Dylan, like our friend Dylan, and I got a text, I think, at one o'clock at night, which I assume is where he got to the end of the film. And he just put fuck you for <laughs> suggesting that film. Okay, no. what was it? It's it's called Martyrs. It's like a French film. Um oh. came out. I, I, I'm assuming <laughs> you've heard it. of it. I've seen it. Man, it's horrible. Mate. I, I said to him, the ending is rough. And he was there like, oh, it's not, it can't be that bad. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to like put into perspective how bad it like it actually is. Just watch it. She's got that text. Fuck you for recommending me that. Because yeah, he watched it with his girlfriend, man. I was like, oh, no, oh. it's not a film to watch with your girlfriend. Yeah, fuck that, man. It's horrible. Do you know, I had a very similar experience with that film because I used to work in I used to work in missing records in Glasgow. It's like a record shop and um, like sold DVDs and stuff as well. And the manager there, this Irish guy, Jenky, he used to always be like, he'd totally be like, a DVD would come in, he'd be like, watch this, mate, it's fucking brutal, you'll like it. And I'm like, man, I don't like, <laughs> don't like brutality, man. I don't want brutality in my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just like, man... Stop him into, and he's like, no, no, watch it. And he'd like fucking get you the next day and like grill you on it, like if you'd watched it or not. And like it got to the stage where he was just so annoying. You would just fucking take it and watch the film just so that like he would this is shut him up. I just give you peace. And he it was this fucking this martyrs. The other one was um, a Serbian was it a Serbian film. Oh no, I fucked Serbian film. That's that crossed oh. so many lines. Where it's like you know what? Anyone listening? Whatever you do, don't Google it. Just avoid it. Pretend it doesn't exist. Because I haven't even watched it. Like, but I've watched a YouTube video of someone describing what it's about. And I'm like, that's something I don't want to watch. Like, it's no, just, no. I'm not watching that. No. Well, I did to shut up Jenky. And I regret it because it was fucking horrible. And then you'd go in the next day and you'd be like, oh, did you like it then? And I was like, no, of course not. Not really. And <laughs> it was like, man, look. Shagging his own wee boy or whatever it was, like it's fucking this was horrible, um, and and yeah, he'd he'd like take great glee in the fact that he'd upset me by making me watch these fucking films. I know it's <laughs> like some fucking like it's always the fucking sadistic little motherfuckers. Like, oh yeah, watch this, you're gonna love it, and then it's just absolutely yeah. horrible every time. It's not even a sadistic place for me. I just can't. I went through a weird phase through lockdown where I watched like there was like a disturbing movie, Iceberg. I was like, I ain't got what to do. I'll start, I'll just do the top because the other ones seem too much for me. And like, I watched Martyrs and I think that was the only one out of the iceberg that I watched where I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so I like to recommend, like, I like to just throw it out there. If someone goes, I want to see a fucked up film, I'll go, that's mine. Just, yeah, just watch that two pence. Yeah. Like that's, that's the top one. Let's just watch Martyrs. 
the special effects in that is too good. Like, it's amazing someone did it. Like, it's a practical mm. effect. But they did it a bit too well. Did it a bit, bit too well. Yeah, so, like, man, here's the thing, right? The thing that I like about, like, stuff like... Do you know, like, like John Rowland, like, uh, like Shiver of the Vampires and stuff like that? You've, you've seen any of them? I think so. No, I don't, I don't think... That, they're not ringing a bell. Like, so, like... His films are very, like, dreamlike, right? And it's basically just, like, a bunch of stuff happening that looks cool, you know what I mean? There's, like, a lot, like, it's like watching a dream, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that to me is what I want to watch in films. Like, I want to watch something that kind of takes me out of myself, takes me out of reality. I want to see, like, quite strange stuff happening, you know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily... Agree, yeah. But, like, um, and, like, man, I, like, in terms of horror stuff, like, I, like, I like when, like, we were watching me and my pal were watching a film called In the Folds of the Flesh the other night and it's like it was fucking nonsense this lassie keeps decapitating people and every time she decapitates someone it's called just a football with like a face painted on it do you know what I mean it's so rubbish but like I kind of like that like I like Doctor Who and stuff like old Doctor Who because like you've kind of got to use your imagination I kind of like 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 a low-fi DIY aspect of things just like in music I guess um, and like when you're watching something horrific happening and it looks really, really real, man, that's that's too much for me. I'm not into that. Like, and Martyrs was like that. It was just like, I think it just spent an hour just like a lassie getting like just tortured forever and ever and ever until like, what do I give away the ending? I just don't give a shit about giving away the ending because it's fucking horrible. Don't watch it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I I purely watched it from that list because I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'll check this out. And the worst part about that is didn't explain what they were about. But I watched Martyrs and I was like, if this is the first one, I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. But like, it's just like, it's an horrific film. But like, my mate Kayla went through the same thing and he was like recommending films. I was like, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. And he, I just get him to describe it before giving it like, like giving it a watch. And I was like, definitely not. But there was something about French films. He kept going, oh, it's a French film. It's a French film. It's a French film. It's like, what is going on in France? <laughs> I, was like, I was like going how come there's this much fucked up shit getting made right now like in france like what yeah, who can love that stuff to be is fair there, but like is there anyone just coming and going guys what the who chill the fuck out i've watched like five films now in a row of like this shit like what happened <laughs> so yeah no nah, it's I, I i couldn't i couldn't watch any other um we are sort of like getting to like the end point of the interview so, like, the one last question I'd like to, like, lead off of, um, like, well, leave off with, is you're in a zombie apocalypse. You might have been at, like, band practice as it's kicked off, right? You need to make, like, a split-second decision. It's like, right, who am I? Who in the band am I like, going to be the most reliant on in this situation? And I'm, like, bringing, me with, bringing them with me. And who am I going to have to be like, right, I'm sorry, I'm leaving you guys, <laughs> dude. Like... <laughs> That's a horrible question. It is an horrible one because it, <laughs> it, it must start so much shit. Like every band we've had on, we must, we always like leave the call going, like whatever the answer was, there's an argument brewing <laughs> at band yeah. practice. I mean, I know the answer to it immediately, but <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> well, you got to tell us to... now. Because then I want, I want to make it look like I was like, um, like really having to think about my decision loads. But and now I've told you that um, it's obvious I haven't, so I'm just gonna have to say it. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't think out loud, should I? Fucking hell. Um, 
Yeah, I'd keep I'd keep Derek the guy the um, or guitarist the, the new boy because he's just like totally and utterly like man like he drives a he drives like a um, a Red Cross ambulance, um, and he and he's just like really like chilled out and level headed and just like man in some kind of mer- in an emergency situation like a zombie apocalypse I'd be going fucking mad like I'd immediately like be thinking about like where can I like start my own like sub kingdom of like where I can like become some kind of like brutal dictator king. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like that leader. guy. I like the guy in the guy in um, The Walking Dead. With it's gonna the be Negan. Negan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about the, the, the slaves, women, or anything like that. But like, I definitely think I'd be like, man, right? How can I fucking become like like king here? And Derek would just be standing there going, Nah, man, not a good idea. Let's just survive. Let's just get through the next day. He'd talk me down. Do you know what I mean? So I'd choose him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, please oh. don't bust someone's head in, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, but this is how I stay in control. It's like, no, get off, get off the ledge. Just, just calm <laughs> down. <laughs> so you didn't say who would be the most uh, useless? Like I've noticed, who'd be the most useless? Oh fuck! Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's like you're think I forget the there's, there's only one of a member. Like, really? No, there's two. No, there's two. There's, there's Fraser the drummer or Rich the bassist. Oh, yeah, I always completely forget. Like space out on that. Um. I'd have to say Rich because he's quite clumsy. Yeah, I think practically, like if it was coming to like, like if we needed to like make a fire or something like that, like yeah, he'd probably like he'd set himself in fire or something. I mean, he's much more. See, to be honest with you, like out of everybody, like they would all say me for the most useless one. So like. I mean, I recognise that. They would... It's so funny you should say that. To be fair, because like a lot of people come <laughs> on and like, yeah, I bet everyone's gonna say me if they were on it. <laughs> Well, they definitely would because, like, <laughs> like I'm telling like, man, I, I, I just start fights with everyone all the time and argue with everyone. Like, I mean, if it was a zombie apocalypse, it, man, it, it wouldn't even be the end times yet, and I'd already be going about like just taking revenge on people who had wronged me. Do you know what I mean? I took the oh. bat immediately. Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. same here. I'm a, I'm a vindictive same. bastard. I'd be like, right, there's no laws now. I've got a fucking list. <laughs> What's that film called when there's like there's like no laws for like twenty four hours a day? Oh, the purge! I literally watched that last night. Actually, I was like, "This is definitely not as good as I remember it." This is fucking shit, man. That was bollocks. But that's a concept. Like, I can get behind it. Like, yeah, concept's great. I would, I would, um, I would go wild in a purge. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, mate. I wouldn't be one of those guys that like holes up in my house just waiting for it to go over. I'd like, I'd have a list. This little kill yeah. list. It was like, what am I doing tonight? Okay, so you know that's first, that's first, that beat up the beat up that guy who called me a cunt once in high school. Yeah, quick He's lunch only break. Getting a lashing. Yeah. yeah. All the folks that during into the blood when I made the wee speech didn't like fucking go yeah, like they just stood with their arms folded, fucking beat the cake. <laughs> Every now single arms folded now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you got him in front of your face, you fucker. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much, man, for coming on. It's been a great chat with you, great in the album, honestly. Nice. And yeah, we might maybe we'll come up for a trip to uh, Glasgow sometime and check out this little event. Man, seriously, come up. Like you can, you can stay at mine if you want. I've got people staying already. Like man, fucking, I'll tell Kenny. Guarantee you'll be able to sort you a couple of tickets. Like man, do it. Oh, oh yeah, coffee mugs party. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because I, like I said, always I wanted to go to Glasgow for ages. Last time I went. It was like 2017. I've not Great. been able to go down since, but I've always, I've always loved Scotland, so I'll definitely be down for that. 
Yeah, yeah, do it. That's not um, an empty promise, man. It's a fucking man. It's been <laughs> recorded. You know what I mean? The world uh, can. See. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll make, make, we'll get like a live live interview if we go as well. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be going, but yeah, we'll definitely. get a live interview as well. Yeah, bang on. That'd be cool. Yeah. Sweet stuff, yeah. Well, thank you very much, and uh, wish you the best. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Nice to meet you guys. Cheers. You too. Nice to meet Take you. care. Thank you.